Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Allison Conamac on. She is the Safe Environment Coordinator for the Diocese. We're going to talk about um, April is Child Abuse Prevention Month, to say that right. And we're going to talk about the church's role in that, um, what the Safe Environment Office does, and uh, just some things that are going to be happening here in April around that topic. So it should be a good conversation. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald. And then tomorrow on Ignition, you can listen to Allison Conamac as well. <laughs> We're on the same weekend. Oh, I think it is the same weekend. That's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good Divine, job. Divine Mercy Sunday and the Monday afterwards. But you guys are talking about a little bit different, <laughs> the, I think. Oh, yeah. Different yeah. angle. So, Be- yeah. Better angle on Ignition. Uh, obviously. Actually, yeah, of course. Obviously, so. yes. So listen to Ignition. Just ignore this. Just, <laughs> no, 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 and once no, you're no. done with Biblical yeah. Bites, just <laughs> shut it off. <laughs> you said that, not me. You said that, not me. So today, what's today, Renee? Today is Divine Mercy Sunday. You are correct, ma'am. Yes. What's the big deal about Divine Mercy Sunday? Uh, okay. I heard this on the radio coming to work this morning. Uh, the floodgates of mercy are open. That's all yeah, I Because God's not merciful the rest of the year. That's actually crossed my mind when, when he said that. I was like, this is so, the only day? <laughs> this originates just real briefly because I want to go somewhere else. Um, I want to be done in the studio. I want to go somewhere else. Uh <laughs> Sister Saint, Saint Faustina Kowalska, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Kowalska. Kowalska. Um, because W's are V's in Polish. Right. True. She, the Lord appeared to her and encouraged this devotion. So divine mercy has always been a reality, mm-hmm. but, but a devotion to divine mercy actually originated in the 1930s. This was just not even a hundred years ago right. um, in Poland, sister uh, Saint Faustina um, and John Paul II actually uh, oh, right. While he was Pope before, in other words, before he died, uh, he instituted the second Sunday of Easter, the Sunday after Easter mm-hmm. Sunday, as Divine Mercy Sunday. Right. And relatively late in his pontificate. So it, it's only been 20 ish yeah. years, give or yeah, take. I think you're right. We've celebrated the second Sunday of Easter as Divine Mercy Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, in Divine Mercy Sunday, there's a lot of things that we see in the reading, but one in particular I really like talking about. So, uh, the, on on the first Easter Sunday, Jesus rises from the dead, and he appears to all sorts of people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and among them, he appears to the the to the apostles, right? And we normally would say we say well, it was the twelve, but then Judas, so it's the eleven. But actually, he appeared to ten of them. Yeah, somebody wasn't there. Yeah, who was that? Bill. <laughs> Anybody? I doubt I'll remember. You doubt you'll remember. <laughs> that was a good one. Hmm. Could it be Thomas? Wow. It, it's a, it, it's I like didn't, we I, talked about this I don't before, think we right? talked about this before the show, did we? Yeah, so Thomas, the apostle, and, and, the, and we, we were told Thomas, who is called Didymus. What mm-hmm. the, why is he called Didymus? Why would you? Uh, isn't that the twin? It means twin. Yeah. Right. So presumably Thomas was a twin. twin. Whether they were brother, twin brother or sister, we don't know. Um, so Thomas was out, wasn't there. He was out getting groceries. We don't, we don't know why Thomas wasn't there, but he wasn't in there when Jesus shows up. Uh, and and um, when he comes back, the others tell him, we have seen the Lord. But he, Thomas said to them, unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, a week later, his, Jesus' disciples, were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came along, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hand, and so on. Mm-hmm. 
So this, it was this, the week later, the week after the resurrection that Thomas is there. So think about, think, so what I'm emphasizing is I want you to put yourselves inside the mind of both Thomas, but the other apostles. Right. Jesus rises from dead. He appears to 10 of the 11 living apostles. A whole week goes by and the 10 are still presumably, no, Thomas, we're, we're really serious. Yeah. Like he, and it, what? He's like, this no, is, no, come no. on. It, it, a whole, it wasn't like just an hour or even just a day. Mm-hmm. It was, it was for a week that Thomas is in the, and so he has been forever called doubting, doubting Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. Um, but the reality is a week later, Jesus appears to all of them. Thomas is there. And and he tells Thomas, put your hands, in, uh, put your hand in my side, put your fingers in, in my, the nail marks. Actually, John and John's gospel, it, we're not told that Thomas did that. Actually, oh, you're right. No, we're not told that. He simply said, "My Lord and my God," and he became believing Thomas. Right. So one week they got <laughs> poor Tommy gets a bum rap for two thousand years <laughs> because one week he's 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 doubting Jesus' resurrection, but before and certainly after he proclaimed and confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord and God. He said, my Lord and my God. Um, and I think it's just a good encouragement for us. We can have questions, mm-hmm. but in the end, we are invited to confess um, that Jesus is both our Lord and God. So read the readings, maybe reread the readings, or if you've, when you go to Mass and hear the readings proclaimed, um, Thomas, yes, he doubted, but then he came to believe. And seek his intersection if you're asking questions as well. I love it. I love Doubting Thomas. Thanks. You bet. Joining me on the show today is Allison Conamack. She is the Safe Environment Coordinator for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And we are going to talk about Child Abuse Prevention Month, which is April's. Absolutely. Yeah. How are you, Allison? I'm doing great. This holy week when we're actually recording this is just such a week of grace. And then we enter his resurrection and then going to have a month where I get to help facilitate uh, certain events to help us remember how to grow and heal and the meaning of resurrection in yeah. our lives. Yeah. 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 Um, so will you start real quick by just telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at the diocese? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I was born and raised in Northern California, but with family mm-hmm. out here in Sioux Falls that mm-hmm. I visit often. I recently settled here and saw a position open in the diocese and jumped at it. Yeah. Um, I've ministered in parishes. It's been basically my career path for the last 17 years. And so entering into um, a bit of a niche department, which is the Safe Environment Office, mm-hmm. which dioceses throughout the U.S. have, is the child abuse and prevention kind of arm of okay. a diocese. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people maybe don't, they hear the Safe Environment Department and they don't really maybe understand what, can you give us a little, you said, you know, child abuse kind of and prevention arm. Can you mm-hmm. give us a little more detail about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in dioceses across the United States, Anyone volunteering with minors or vulnerable adults or employees, mostly in parishes. Mm -hmm. Some dioceses even require parents of children at Catholic schools, like the Diocese of Jefferson City, Missouri. Mm -hmm. Uh, Folks are required to do some sort of um, survey, so some sort of background check and then training for child abuse and neglect. Right. Educators are familiar with this. Anyone working in early education or child care. Oh, sure. State has required it for a number of years since about the 80s, and the Catholic Church um, took on that same initiative as psychology started to introduce the benefits of prevention. Sure. Surveilling the background of someone through a background check and then training someone in Mm -hmm. skills to identify abuse, how to report 
and also how to have common expectations in a workplace with children. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So why have they set aside April as Child Abuse Prevention Month? You know, you had asked me that um, a while back because I, I was so excited to celebrate in April. And you just think, you know, there's National Donut Day. There's Pie Day. We know when pie, P-H-I, yep. you know, the mathematical symbol and delicious pie. <laughs> April's Child Abuse Prevention Month because Ronald Reagan in 1983 actually declared April as the month for child mm-hmm. abuse prevention. Um, he has a beautiful statement he even recognized. Uh, reflects or, or makes reference to our creator and oh, how to sure. protect children from abuse requires that we understand our dignity as created by God. Right. And uh, so it was, he declared April. Why April specifically is a great question. But yeah. in my heart, I'm kind of excited. It's it's awkward to have a sober subject right. alongside the resurrection of our Lord. Right. Easter is always right around April, but there's something about his passion and his resurrection that helps give meaning to the sufferings that we experience sure. yeah. and also the healing that's promised us. Yeah, you know? that's a great connection. I hadn't thought about that and really important connection. Yeah. So um, why would we mark this in our parish life? It seems like it's more of a secular thing. So why would we mark that time? That's a great question. When I was looking at resources provided by the USCCB, the mm-hmm. United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, I also research secular resources just to pull from all 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 pots every every opportunity. There's a lot more resources secularly. Mm-hmm. And so understanding in what way do we market or why would we market individually in parish life? Mm-hmm. Pope Francis it beautifully calls parishes a field hospital of the oh, sick, yeah. you know? Yeah. And and you don't go to church looking for saints, you go as a sinner yourself. Mm-hmm me the first you know that i'm a sinner i need conversion in my life i need healing i need growth right so whenever we talk about something um like brokenness in any form which abuse Mm -hmm. is the fruit of brokenness and wounds and hurt oftentimes historically through generations in our families Mm -hmm. um, child abuse is is even more insidious it's such a difficult subject to talk about because it is so um sober and painful yeah so to bring that into our parish life it's kind of natural to what we do in our Catholic parish, Christ as a Eucharist, is to heal us, to right. give us strength and grace, to make us one with Him, and and that healing looks like also human healing, psychological right. healing. Yeah, because you know, you I know? think in this kind of thing, we often think about the children who are affected, mm-hmm. but you, even in just what you said, you make reference to the people who are suffering from whatever brokenness and 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 hurt that is maybe making them do those things. Yeah. So I think that's really important to recognize that that there are people who need help yes. with that stuff. Victim survivors and children are number one priority, mm-hmm. but the best, most effective way to protect children is by educating, surveilling um, adults in their right. life, the adults that are often um, those who are causing the harm. And that oftentimes any sort of abuse is a person's own woundedness right. uh, manifesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I, I was actually reading just recently an article, a secular um, National Institute of Health article about child abuse, and they said child abuse is an adult problem. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I yeah. like that tagline. Yeah, you it know? really is. Yeah. And, yeah, and granted, kids hurt kids, too. There's mm-hmm. bullying. We know epidemics in that form. But um one of the things that I like to focus on is, yeah, I want great resources for the children by the way of curriculum, mm-hmm. but if I can influence the adults who have a little bit yep. more control over what's going on or prevent adults that yes. maybe intend harm yep. away from our children, right. that's that's um, well worth that effort. Yeah, 
Yep. So you can educate not only the people who maybe can recognize abuse happening, but hopefully stop it from happening in the first place mm-hmm. by the people who are may perpetrate it. Yeah. And and as much as we do surveillance of explicitly the individuals working with minors and vulnerable adults, one of the things I love most, which is more like a radiating effect of kind of those concrete things, I go online and I do a training, I get my background check. Mm-hmm. What we also require is the children to be trained. Oh yeah. What this creates though is a conversation over and over again in our parishes about abuse mm-hmm. and how it hurts. And so what I've often experienced when I was having to supervise in a parish setting, helping get my the people in the parish I worked at um, trained, a lot of times what that would trigger in people was very interesting. Oh, sure. People wouldn't want to teach about it. It was too hard. Mm-hmm. It was too shameful, especially sexual abuse. I mm-hmm. mean, who wants to talk about that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> not but very we many need of us. to. Yep. And, and to transform a culture where children are experiencing in a church setting that it's okay to talk about when mm-hmm. you get hurt and where, you know, because that allows in um, help and protection for children to receive that from their parish. Right. That allows the language for children to say, "I, what does it mean to be created in God's image and likeness? I have dignity, mm-hmm. which I can also help to protect and, and I as a child can protect right. and keep a boundary. But it also allows um, them to understand this is something I can talk about. And that's one of the hardest things. No one wants to talk. You know, it's, it's yeah. our organic nature is to not want to talk about hard things. Oh, yeah. Because they're hard. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, it's easy. They're like, no, thanks. So I love the culture <laughs> that it creates where the adults, I'm not going in saying, let's get a bunch of adults who have been abused as kids together and we'll right. talk about it. You right. know, nobody's going to come to that group. Right. But if you're serving and giving to others, sometimes our hearts are open that much more to say, wait, this is touching something really vulnerable right. inside. And that's the church. That's exactly where you should be. Yeah, especially amid the church. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, how does the diocese going about go about protecting minors? I know, for instance, um, I've been here almost two years. Uh, every year, we go through training. <laughs> yeah. Of course, there's a background check when you get hired. Mm-hmm. Um, what other things do you do? Um, the explicit things that I'm doing right now in my office is to um, empower the different parishes to help them with um, implementing that policy of mm-hmm. training, background checking, so checking the past, training for the future, equipping mm-hmm. and training for the future. Those two things are required every year. A number of different dioceses throughout the nation do it pretty frequently, but it's rather rare that a diocese requires it annually. Yeah, which, we're kind of unusual there, aren't we? Very much yeah. so, which, which in the right sort of way <laughs> yeah, yeah. to be— um, a little above the middle right. when it comes to giving this the attention and it deserves. Right. So um, what are other things that we do? There's things during um, April Child Abuse Awareness Month. I work closely with the Catholic Family Services Director, oh, sure. Emily Leadham. I filter things because it is when it comes to abuse, you know, that would be an area where if things come up for individuals. That's a great place to offer as a resource mm-hmm. um, for the counseling folks deserve when they're facing any brokenness in right. their life. Um, so we work together closely there. We promote events, for example, some of the events in April. One that I'm promoting is not one I'm putting on at all. It's the Candlelight. Um, oh, yes, the Gift of Hope. The Gift of yeah. Hope event on April 10th, starting mm-hmm. around 8 a.m. So 8 p.m. Or 8 p.m. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Those candles won't look very bright in the morning. <laughs> we'll have people there just camping out ready for the evening event. So the 8 p.m., yeah, yeah. the Candlelight um, Hope and Healing um, event. I'm so excited for that. So to work together as a parish and and, um, another thing that's also very much a part of the year in this office is being available for victims to come forward. 
we have a victim assistance coordinator in our diocese. Oh, yeah. Who has an 800 direct number that they respond to any sort of um, uh, allegations that may come up. Um, throughout the year, there's also, um, I have a lot of ongoing interactions. We just had a DRE from one of the parishes pop into my office yeah. and have some ideas. Oh, great. So usually we're trying to grow and trying to meet the cha- ever-changing needs. Like this past year with COVID, that was yeah. a very interesting situation. Sure. And I know child abuse actually nationally um, went up with mm-hmm. the lack of um, adequate just supervision or engagement for young people sure. during the um, lockdown. Yeah. So yeah. that was an interesting thing to try to um, address think, needs yeah. and support our staff in their locations. Yeah. Um, if you just joined us, uh, I'm talking to Allison Conamac today. She is uh, the Safe Environment Coordinator for the Diocese, and we're talking about Child Abuse Prevention Month, which is April here. So how you and I have talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. before. If you if you missed it, there was a story about Child Abuse Prevention Month in the uh, March Bishop's Bulletin. Mm-hmm. So if you missed it, Make sure you check that out. But we've talked a little bit about how this is a ministry. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about how this is a ministry rather than just this is my position and I do, you know, I do background checks and can you talk about that a little bit. Any sort of um, program or thing that we implement that has kind of concrete things like you've either processed a background check or not, you, mm-hmm. you know, you've done your training or not. Those are kind of black and whites. Mm-hmm. But within the work that I do, with the phone calls I get or the the um, feedback or the questions that I'll reach out to local folks in the parishes evangelizing, mm-hmm. the ministry of um, changing culture for adults and minors in our parish to see, to kind of live that vision that mm-hmm. our hospitals, are, our churches are a place like a field hospital, they're a place to come with hearts that are hurt. You know, mm-hmm. we dress up for Sunday. We kind of give our best face. Right. Can our, our parishes be also the place where we bring the difficult things mm-hmm. to communicate that, to communicate the importance of of the office, um, to allow people to, to talk about those things. Right. I, I work mostly, because I'm working with the entire diocese, I work mostly with folks that are already giving their time, their extra time to be a volunteer, right. religious education director volunteering in their parish their hearts are are very open to mm-hmm. caring and being impactful with their time right and so to communicate um and to be kind of a part of their evangelizing and teaching about god to include something so human as mm-hmm. abuse and the ways that sin actually impacts us yeah. it leaves a you know it leaves such an effect and those effects have real consequences and this is what they look like and these are how we can not just protect against them but also heal from them right. as they come. It's it is such a um, for me a really gratifying ministry to be a part of. Oh, yeah. Even though it's a it's a hard it's a hard area to focus on all right. around. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if someone I may be getting ahead of myself a little bit here, oh. but if someone in the diocese, say uh, a catechism teacher or mm-hmm. something like that, uh, saw something that made them say something is weird there, mm-hmm. what do they do? That's a great question. <laughs> they, um, our first encouragement is to contact lo- local child protection. Okay, they're most welcome to um, mean in my my natural sense. If I was a catechist and was like, alarm bells are going off, I'm seeing some concrete things that I heard about in my training. My first instinct would be, I want to talk to the DRE or the person above me, right. In whatever I'm doing, right. You feel free to go consult with that person, but mm-hmm. I really want to encourage people, just trust your intuition on something. Sure. If an, a bell, bell or an alarm is going off, we 
the church 110% encourages you to make a report. What the report is doing is saying, hi, I've experienced or seen these objective things. I'm not making a judgment right. about it. What I want to do is to give it to a professional, the law enforcement, child protection, your local law enforcement, um, contact um, child protection first and foremost. Mm-hmm. They'll direct you if it's they think it's a situation that you need to call local law enforcement. Yeah. That would be if a child's in immediate danger right. or right. seeing some abuse occurring right there, mm-hmm. and it needs to stop in that moment. Um, so 100% encouraging uh, individuals who see something, mm-hmm. say something, yeah. give yeah. a call and make a report. Um, child protection, they are professionals, and they are looking at a number of factors. You don't ruin families by right. making reports. I'm um, glad you said that because I think that's important for people to know. Yeah. there's a. Um, I wish I had the statistic offhand, but I was really startled to find out how many families, once there's been an intervention, if there was any sort of potential harm, there's a lot of a lot of programs and the um, child protection is really pro supporting the family and what mm-hmm. their needs are. Mm-hmm. Is there excessive stress going on in the family? Right. They deserve to have somebody bring it up right. so that those needs in the family can be met and supported so that abuse doesn't continue. Right. That things don't deteriorate past repair Yeah. or past immediate uh, care of the child and right. whatnot. Because it doesn't really help society to just pull a kid out of a, fa- out of a family. Mm-mm. And not deal with the problem. So mm-hmm. if, if the problem can be dealt with and the family can be kept together, that's far better uh, overall yeah. for everybody, I would think. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, if it has baseless, if it may be your intuition, sometimes we our own sensitivity can be triggered mm-hmm. by things that maybe really aren't there. That's okay. You make the report. It's gonna. If that's the case, then nothing is is of concern. Nothing will right. move forward with the child and the family in that instance. But please do bring those things up. It's out of care and concern for everyone staying safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have some statistics? I know we had uh, we had talked about some research, too, uh, mm-hmm. in the article we did for the Bishop's Bulletin. What are some of the statistics, especially in South Dakota, of child abuse? Overall, so nationally, people kind of have an idea of it. Child sexual abuse, it's one in four girls before the age of 17 will experience a form of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And it's one in eight boys. Some... Research says one in five boys. Okay. They include any viewing of pornography to be involved okay. in child abuse, sure. child sexual abuse. Right. Um, but those numbers are... Um, but one in four girls, that's... Staggering yes. and shameful. Yeah. And so sad. And so sad. Um, however, I there's a wonderful resource um, put out by the University of South Dakota. It's a website called the Center for the Prevention of Child Maltreatment. Okay. Um, and they quote that... 4,000 children every year in South Dakota are victims of sexual abuse. Wow. 4,000 each year. So it is a local problem. Yes. It's not just out there in big cities or urban sprawl. It's it's a right. local problem. Yep. And it's a reality that deserves um, the efforts that we make yeah. each year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see. You have some events. <laughs> They're sobering things to try to follow up. <laughs> I know. I know. Did we yeah. miss anything before we talk about the events that we're going to be doing in April? Is there anything no. else that we we need to? Well, talk about? here's sometimes um, a couple of little things that are helpful for folks to know in yeah. general. We encourage all adults to be involved in their parish. We love that. Mm-hmm. There's only certain roles in your parish that will require oh, a sure. person to be mm-hmm. complying with a safe environment background check and training. So um, every parish has what's called a local coordinator. Mm-hmm. And it's a DRE, maybe the office manager. Sometimes it's actually the pastor, maybe a smaller community. Mm -hmm. But ask in your parish, go to the office, call the office, email the pastor. Who's the local coordinator I'd like to get involved? 
Um, it is for any work with minors or vulnerable adults. Sure. Most of our parishes, the vulnerable adult community is the sick and homebound. Oh, okay, so sure. So sick and homebound ministry. There's a specific training just for that. Wow, okay. Um, so any any work with minors, vulnerable adults, um, we have an online platform that's accessible wherever you have Wi-Fi access. Mm-hmm. A person creates a profile just like an email account. Um, I support different locations or individuals that don't have web access. I sure. can send them the actual video on um, DVD. I can send them oh, physical nice. paperwork. Okay. Um, I'll bend over backward. We, what we want is individuals um, both surveilled through background check and then trained sure. annual awareness. Yep. And we'll get that done however we need to get yeah. that done. Actually, I had somebody come in yesterday. I was on the phone with them, and we just couldn't figure out what was going wrong on the platform for him. And it was it was not the platform in the end, but it gave an excuse for me to meet a wonderful individual. Yeah. I said, "Can you come down to the chancery? And we have a <laughs> we have a desktop uh, ready for Great. someone to come in and get trained. That's so awesome. Feel free to contact your local parish; they know what you're talking about yeah. when you need safe environment training. And the more people that do that, the better, I think, over yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, amen. Yeah. So in April, you have a few things that'll be going on. We Actually, do. one this is going to be um, going on on air. Uh, April 11th. Mm-hmm. And there's something coming up in just a couple days then. Yes. So. Yes. There's a live streamed rosary for healing. Deacon yeah. John Devlin is going to lead a live stream um, rosary for healing using the sorrowful mysteries and some uh, before each decade, a little prayer for healing. Mm-hmm. So that'll be at 10 a.m. in the morning yep. on the 13th. Yep. So Tuesday the 13th coming up. And I believe that'll be on our website. Yes, Bill. Wow. Yeah, sure it will be. Awesome. <laughs> Bill awesome. Says yes. I'm sure it will be. We'll be because I know we're streaming it, and usually yeah. you can uh, access those things through our website at sfcatholic.org. So great. Yeah. Feel free to review it too. I would encourage yeah. people to review it, like watch it afterwards. If yeah. you pray a family rosary, if you have yeah, if you can't be there at ten, don't worry about it. It'll be it'll still be there. Because <laughs> we're and we're praying for all of us. We're praying for children right now. We're praying for adults who have had yeah. um, experiences in the past. We're praying for healing for our whole parish and protection yep. in the future moving yep. forward. Then you have a novena too. Is that There's a novena for then? healing. There's a I'm actually um I'm doing a one-on-one novena just with a community of local coordinators. Okay. But folks are welcome to pray it at any time. That okay. was a I pass that out to parishes to share. Right. Um feel free to email um into the safe environment office. You can find that at the website yep. at the sfcatholic.org website. If you'd like me to email you a copy, yeah. there's a novena for healing and protection. It's a and beautiful. Maybe we'll novena. find a way to create a link on that too. It'll be posted them. on yeah. the Safe Environment yep. page as well. Yeah, yeah, great. Starting uh, thir- Holy Thursday. Yeah, good. <laughs> and then there's a mass. Yes, ah. our beautiful bishop wants to pray a mass for healing at a very public in a very public way. So right. it'll be the vigil mass, or it'll be the live streamed Sunday mass um, on the weekend of the twenty. 24th, 25th. Right. Yep, it'll be that 4 p.m. Saturday Mass. So yeah. local folks can come, and mm-hmm. uh, anyone else who would like to view and participate and pray, Yep, please do. Yeah, it'll be at our YouTube channel at any time after the stream. Well, actually, live streaming yep. too. So, yeah, you can find that anytime. Yeah. Allison, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. I appreciate it, and uh, I hope some people will take advantage of the, the live stream rosary and be there for Mass with the bishop. Amen. So, all right. Uh, if you aren't following us on social media, you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube at SF Diocese. You can also find uh, information about parishes, the things going on in the diocese at our website at sfcatholic.org. Uh, that's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.